Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Rebecca Sandoval. It was love that came down so marvelously profound, wrapped within the newborn's cry. He chose to meet us humble so we wouldn't scare away. From the hope he sought to bring us and the peace he'd leave to stay. For love he offered up his life while we were lost and unaware of the price of our rebellion cost him. He took our sin so we'd be spared. So love should now define our lives as well. God is love. This is the story that our lives in him should tell. And so will love as he loved us, counting not what it will cost in patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness to reach those who are lost. For the Savior loves us extravagantly before the world was born, who laid in manger, to be like us on that blessed Christmas morn, who lived this life and sought the cross of reconcile our every need between us and our Father God, fully trust, fully love and trust indeed. For love he saw us within the depths of our despair and so will love as he first loved us because his love is meant to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've waited for this for so long. So long. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. Oh, it's okay. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore.
Well, first, thank you, Rebecca Sandoval, for doing such a great job for us, reading and lighting the candle. Thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you to the shepherds. I don't know them by name. You don't either. But they came and saw Jesus. I've always been impressed by the fact that the very first people that encountered God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, were shepherds. The news came to them. The angels came, remember, in the darkness? And the light was bright around them. Good news, shepherds. <laughs> it would be for all people, shepherds, the common people, the labor force. And you would think from a human standard that that would be the last place that the king of kings and lord of lords would want to be announced or invite to the manger. But there were shepherds out in their fields doing their jobs. Now, why would I start with that? Because God came for you. I'm not a king. I'm not even a politician. I wouldn't even make a good pope. But what I do know is that God comes to people that don't feel worthy or lovely or lovable, as Pastor John shared with us, that God comes to you and to me today. And so if you walk out of this room when I'm done, feeling a little more like God loves you and I've done my job. Love came down from heaven. God came near. Not with a flash of light, not as an unapproachable conqueror, but the first cries of Jesus, God in the flesh, were cried to common folk. Were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. If it weren't for a group of stargazers, there would have been no gifts. There was no baby shower. There was no common ooh and ahs over the baby Jesus. For 33 years, he would feel everything that you and I feel. He felt weak. He grew weary. His feelings got hurt. His feet got tired. And his head ached. Think of Jesus. Now, when we think of Jesus in the flesh, sometimes it feels almost a little irreverent, doesn't it? He's God after all. He's, he's divine. But he stubbed his toe just like you do. When he walked along the dirty roads and there was little pebbles that got in his sandals, he, he felt pain in his feet just like you do. Listen to him. He would say, love your neighbor. What does his neighbors try to do? They try to kill him. He would challenge us to, well, to give up everything, to follow him, much like he would say goodbye to his earthly mother. He would say things like, pray for those who persecute you. And later, he would beg for their forgiveness from the cross. He said things like this, I'm always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, even in your darkest moment, even in your most desperate moment, even, and I raise my hand, amongst your biggest failures in life. 
And when Jesus went back to heaven, can I tell you what he did? He left the back door open for us to follow him someday and to walk not into pearly gates, but into his arms. I'd like you to open your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. Now, we're reading the words in 1 John chapter 3 of John the Apostle who followed Jesus, and this John actually calls himself the beloved one, the favored one among all the followers, the disciples of Jesus. That's great, John. We applaud you for that. He wrote these words in John chapter 1, as you go to 1 John. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Down in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and lived amongst us. That's Christmas. I love what the Message Bible says. It says that he set up his tent in our camp. He's so close to us that he comes in human form. And John will tell us, as we read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called, help me out, children of God. And then emphatically he says, that is who we are. In other words, never feel that you're not a child of God. If you know Christ as your Savior, if you have followed him, if you've asked him to be your Lord and forgive your sins, then you are a child of God. And emphatically, he says, that's who we are. Don't let anyone change your identity. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are, oh, children of God, three three times in a few verses. He underscores it. He wants us to know that, well, that he's our father, that Jesus Christ is our friend and our brother, and he's the way to God. Uh, Years ago, we went to a soccer game, and I watched how a father responds to his children. It was my grandson playing soccer. He was out on the field doing a pretty good job. I saw this one kid, however, Sometimes the ball would hit his foot. Rarely his foot would hit the ball. And I saw his dad yelling at the top of his lungs, that's my boy. And I'm saying to myself, your boy can't play soccer. (laughs) But don't try to convince him. Or don't convince the grandparents. They were calling him things like Tonchulo, beautiful child, you know. And the dad would say, that's my boy. And guess what? The boy actually kicked the ball near the goal. Dad was saying, shoot it, shoot it. Come on, you know, you've been to soccer before. Now, the goalie of the other team, these are young kids now, was not consumed or concerned with guarding the goal. There were some leaves down on the ground and a dandelion that the boy decided to be more consumed with than the goal. Anybody know little kid soccer? Yeah. The coach is yelling, guard the goal. And dad is yelling, kick the ball. (laughs) And the boy did. I was so surprised. It was a big kick. 
Now, I have to tell you, where he was standing was about 12 feet to the right of the goal, which meant when he kicked it, he kicked it out of bounds. Nowhere near the bull. Didn't hit the pole. Didn't hit the net. Didn't even go near the kid picking up the dandelions and the leaves. And the father was, yay! I, said, I wanted to say, sir, <laughs> yay what? Your kid finally kicked the ball. He kicked it out of bounds 12 feet to the right of the goal. And by the way, the last time I checked soccer rules, you don't get any points for that. But the father... The way he was screaming for his boy who made that big kick out of bounds with no points, you would have thought he just won the World Cup. And then it dawned on me. That's what fathers, loving fathers do. Loving fathers love their kids even if their kids miss the goal or miss the mark. Loving fathers look in the eyes of their kids, their daughters, their sons, reminding them how handsome or how beautiful or how talented they are. And then I thought about this word today, and I remembered that time down at Riverbend Park. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. Don't tell that dad that that's not his boy. And we know that when Christ appears, now he talks about the future. We shall, what? When Christ appears, we shall be like him we shall see him as he is. So the first thing I want you to do is see the love of Christ. That's what John tells us to do. See it. Now, I looked up all the Greek definitions for see. Uh, Some of your Bibles might say behold. And it literally means to examine. Got that. But it also means to, to pull it apart. Like the breaking of bread. Or like the opening of a burrito. Now, you know I usually talk about food at some point at LFC. But if I were to make you a burrito and you didn't know what was in it, at some point you gringos would take a knife and fork and cut it open. But at some point, if you speak Espanol, you would just tear it apart. Come on. And then you would see inside the burrito. Rajoles, arroz, pico de gallo, carne asada. Come on now. I know it's almost lunchtime. And the writer, John, is saying, would you pull Jesus apart? Examine every word he ever spoke. Examine how he loved people. Examine how he took care of the woman at the well or the woman about to be stoned for her sins. Examine how he loved the lepers. Examine every word, every action, every deed. And by the way, I think John would be okay with me saying, examine Jesus on the cross, dying for your sins. Examine Jesus showing his love to you, the love of Christ. It was John who would have heard these words of Jesus. That's why he wrote them back. Uh, down back in John's gospel, John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You see, John was an eyewitness to Jesus. And now in 1 John, he's an old man. I, I, I see him sitting on a stump or sitting on some kind of a bench. And he's telling people, you lean in, lean in and listen to me. 
I might be old, but I saw Jesus. I watched Jesus. You come and see him. You come and behold him. Look deep into his words. Look even deeper into his heart. As Pastor John even shared to Nicodemus, he said these words, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever performs to a certain level, whosoever gives a certain amount of money, whosoever, no, 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 you know I'm wrong. You should have told me I was wrong sooner. That whosoever believes in him, whosoever has pulled his words apart, understood the power of the cross, and believed that he's the only way to God, the only truth, the only life. No man comes to the Father but through the Son. Not by works, not by being American, not by being good, but by being someone who says, God, I need your son, Jesus. And notice what he says, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that doesn't just mean life when you die that becomes everlasting, but it means life that when you're born again, you live in abundant life, in the fullness of life. It's not just the quantity of life, it's the quality of life. Jesus, this doesn't make your life better. He makes you better at life. So see him in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, some of you may wonder about swaddling clothes. You might just think he's in a diaper and maybe some kind of a, a wrap, a blanket, uh, strips of cloth to keep him warm. But I want you to, to be ready. If you ever go to a party and there's trivia, and they ask you, what's swaddling clothes? You'll know how they answer. You see, when lambs were born, and when they were born without blemish or spot, when they were really quality lambs, the shepherds, according to Levitical law, would wrap them in swaddling clothes because baby lambs can be clumsy. They can run into gates and run into barn doors and fall over. And if they got bruised, they could never be allowed to be a sacrificial lamb. And so if you raised lambs, if you raised lambs for the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice of the sins of people, that lamb was very, very, very valuable. So they would wrap it in clothes. They called it swaddling clothes. So there's no way that that lamb could ever get blemished or get a bruised spot on it. Isn't it powerful that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Why? Because the Bible calls him the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And his life was a swaddling clothes kind of life because he never sinned. He never violated God. He never disobeyed God. And I love what 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says. This old man says, this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son in the world that, he, that we might, what? Live through him. And this is love. You want to know the definition of love? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He, he paid a debt he did not owe to pay a debt we could not pay. That's his mercy. That's his grace. I love A.W. Tozer. I don't know if you've ever read A.W. Tozer, but he says these words, the love of God is one of the great realities of the universe, a pillar upon which the hope of the world rests. 
but it is a personal, intimate thing. God does not love populations. He loves people. He loves not masses, but men. He loves us all with a mighty love that has no beginning and has no end. And I've run into people in my ministry that will sometimes say it this way, for God so loved the world, therefore he has to love me because I'm in the world. Or as Pastor John said, there's days that we feel unlovely or unlovable, but God can't love you any more than he does right now. And I wonder how many times we've heard that. And yet there are moments where we feel like because of life or situation or circumstance or a misunderstanding or how someone has treated us, that possibly God's out to get us. And I would say, yeah, he's out to get you. He's out to get you to understand his love for you, the forgiveness of sins for you, how he's with you, how he's for you. You see, we live in a world of if, capital I, capital F. If you're good looking, if you're intelligent, if you're wealthy, if you're a top producer at work, if you have a good education, a good job, good connections, if you have a really, really cool avatar or a really cool TikTok or a really cool Instagram page, or man, your Facebook posts are the best. If, if you love me, then I'll love you back. If you do for me, then I will do for you. That's called manipulation. But God loved us first before we could ever love him back. God never says, I'll love you if. God says, I love you right now, and I can't love you any more than I do right now. The commentator Matthew Henry said, the great God not only loves us, but he loves to love us. So I'm here this morning to tell you as we lit the candle of the advent of love that God loves you. Let me say it again, that God loves you. He's on the sideline cheering you on. There's my daughter. There's my son. He heard you sing this morning and he nudged the angels. Said, do you hear them down at Foursquare? And the angel said, yeah, we heard them. We even, we even heard the, the drummer. He was off tempo. We, we, even, we even heard some, some, some. And God said, that's my boy singing. That's my girl singing. That's my son playing the drums. That's my son playing the guitar. That's my, 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 my daughter playing the bass and my daughter playing the piano. And that's my daughter's over there right now teaching my children about Jesus. Oh, man, it's good. And then he looks down the street and he sees a pastor over here and a pastor over there, a church gathering over there. He sees some of you online watching with your slippers on, eating your oatmeal. <laughs> or like one guy, he sits in his backyard and watches us online. And you know what God says? I love you. I'm crazy about you. You're the apple of my eye. He watched you while you were sleeping. How romantic. Because he never sleeps. He's just watching you. And then you did this. Ah! He said, they're getting up. Angels, angels, I, I give you charge over them. Make sure they stay on the straight and narrow path. <laughs> Our God loves you. And he loves to love you. 
If you came to church today wanting to hear the preacher beat you up, you're in the wrong church. I'm here today to try to build you up just a little bit more, to tell you that we have a God, and as we approach Christmas, that we can experience the arrival of Jesus afresh. And that's the second thing that I want to draw attention to, experience the love of Christ. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is who we are. We're called the children of God. And emphatically again, I'm repeating myself on purpose. He says, listen, don't let anybody change your ID. Your ID is this, you belong to God. And the third thing is, know that Jesus is coming again. Now, some people get confused about this, but Jesus Christ is coming again. John tells us, 1 John 3, 2, and what will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we will be just like him, or we will see him as he is. Think about this. The first time Jesus came, he was laid in a manger, but the next time he comes, he will be with majesty. It'll be the majestic arrival of Jesus. The first time he came, he came to wear a crown of thorns, but the next time he comes, he'll be wearing a crown of victory. The first time he came, he was judged by sinful men, but the next time he comes, he will judge the sin of the world. We will once and for all, when we see Jesus, have separation from sin forever. There is no sin, corruption, disease. There are no taxes when we get to heaven. Somebody said amen. <laughs> Today I'm saved from sin, but when Jesus comes, I will be separated from sin. You know this. There's two things you cannot do when you get to heaven. You can't sin, and you can't evangelize. You can't tell anybody about Jesus, because everybody there already knows him, which reminds me of two things. I should sin less while I'm here and tell more people about the love of Christ while I'm on the planet. Don't miss Jesus' love, number four. John tells us that the world did not know him. Now, I will tell you that most of you know someone who doesn't know him. But you know him. And if you don't know him, you should know him today before you leave this room or before you leave this online broadcast. You should be able to say, God, I want to know your son, Jesus. Jesus, I want to declare you as my Lord and Savior, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. Jesus, I believe you were born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, but I know that you're the perfect lamb of God to take away my sins. And I say, God, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I will follow after you. 51 times John, this old man, in 1 John, uses a form of the word love 51 times. 27 times in the New Testament, we are commanded to love one another. 
Now, how can I not love someone else when God has loved me so much? I'll withhold my love from them because they're not like me. I'll withhold my love from them. They don't vote the way I do. I'll withhold my love from them. They're a different color than me. I'll withhold my love from them. They live in a different part of town for me. Or they don't live in a home at all. And yet God says to us, I love you in such a way with so much love that it should outpour beyond yourself. Your cup should run over. And we should love everyone around us. We cannot withhold our love from anyone. And that's why I repeat it. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And I say, Jesus, that's a tall order. Jesus says, wait a minute. I would never give you a command without giving you the enablement and the power to do it. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. He makes us to be people of love and people of care and people with hearts that are big. I was thinking about the words that Isaac Watts penned. You may know his words. By joy to the world, the Lord has come. One of the most sung, most popular, most copied Christmas songs of all time. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. It's kind of hard to even say without singing it, right? Let every heart prepare him room and... Good, three people, heaven and nature sing. By the way, the rest of you, it's called joy to the world. You may have heard it somewhere. Mariah Carey uh, heard it, so come on. You see, the Lord has come reminds us that God has always taken the first step in loving us. The first step. Salvation is always the coming of God to man. See, man does not ascend to God. God descends to man. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Love came down. Heaven came down. Don't miss his love. A look at all the religions of the planet. No other religion but Christianity has God humbling himself. You always have God requiring mankind to be better, to do more, to make sure the karma is just right in order for man to be accepted, but not this God, not the God who's called love in the Bible, not the God who for his love loved this world so much. In Christianity and Christ, you have God humbling himself and coming to us to take away our sins. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. Isaac Watts was cursed, so he believes. He had a disease that plagued him, physical illness and weakness that got to the point he could no longer pastor people. He was rejected by the love of his life when he got on one knee with a ring and proposed to her, will you marry me? And she said, absolutely not. He also faced constant opposition about his work. 
by both those inside the church and outside the church. And so he says those words, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, three times. But three times he also says this, and the wonders of his love, and the wonders of his love, and the wonders of his love. My prayer for you today is that you would understand a little bit more about the wonders of his love, and you would allow the power of the Holy Spirit to infuse in your heart the love of God. My God loves you. Oh, how I wish I could get my arms around all the people in Santa Barbara County today and say, my God loves you. But that's why I got you. (laughs) You can go and tell people this week how much God loves them, just as they are. Oftentimes people think they've got to clean up to get to God. He takes you just as you are. Oftentimes people think if they fail or shoot the ball to the right of the goal, well, I failed. God's not going to love me. God never stops loving you. And it's not performance-based. Aren't you glad? I always think of the fact that God loved me before I knew him. That God would love a little Jewish boy from Burbank, California, who became an older boy from Lompoc, California. That somehow God would intersect my life at a tragic time in my family when my brother, my brother at 18 years old, died in a crash. I thought, there's no hope in the world. And I went to the rabbi and I said, where do dead people go? He said, as he stroked his beard, they rest in peace. That's not what John says. John says, if we know him, we shall see him. And when we see him, we shall be like him. Oh, by the way, I'll cut to the chase. My brother knew who Christ was. Somebody said, well, may, that'll be good when you go to heaven. You could see your brother. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to that. I want to look in the eyes of Jesus someday. How about you? And the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Some of you are in a tragedy right now. Some of you have lost a friend or lost a loved one. Some of you are going through discouragement and depression. God met me at that juncture in life. God's met many people in the worst moments of life, and God's met many people on the victory and mountaintop when everything's going just right. He wants you to know today that he loves you. He wants you to know today joy to the world. The Lord has come, and he came just for you. He wants to change your life and your eternity as well. If you've drifted from God, if it's been a while since you called his name, if it's been a while since you embraced his love, would you do that as I pray this morning? And just say to him, God, I love you back. And if you don't know Christ, you come to him and say, God, I know you love me. I just heard about it in church. A good pastor guy told me. 
forgive my sins, Lord. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I know that you died on a cross, the Lamb of God, wrapped in swaddling clothes, perfect in every way. I receive your salvation for my life. So, Lord, we confess you this morning. Much like Isaac Watts knew something so deeply that in the midst of life, he knew the wonders of your love. I pray for each person here and those watching online that we would know the wonders of your love. You cannot love us any more than you do right now. There's no situation gone too far that you cannot redeem. And Lord, much like we sang today, the reckless love of God, you kick down the doors, you walk through the darkness, you bring your light to declare your love to our souls. Oh, how you love us, Lord. And I would say it, maybe somebody else would whisper it. We don't deserve your love. We can't earn your love, but you give it to us. That's the wonder of your love. And I pray we would embrace it, Lord. I pray for those yet to give their life to you, that even right now they would open their hearts, they would confess you as Lord and Savior, just in your own way. Would you tell them, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. Forgive my sins. I believe you died on a cross and you rose again from the dead. And I welcome your salvation into my life. Thank you, Lord, for who you call us to be. I would love you to say this with me if you're so inclined. We are the children of God. Would you say it? And that is who we are. That's what, the, that's what this Apostle John says. We are the children of God. Come on, this side over here. We are the children of God, and that is who we are. All right, all the ladies in the house. We are the children of God. And that is who we are. All the men now. Come on, guys. We are the children of God. And that is who we are. All right, one more. I am a child of God, and that is who I am. Let's say it. I am a child of God, and that is who I am because of the wonders of his love. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.